Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Lots going on today. Glad to have you with us, Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Great debate Wednesdays is what they're called around here today, inspired by Tom Brady, who said that football, the NFL variety, was better 20 years ago than it is today. It's inspired us. The Great Debate Series. So there we have it. Was the NFL better in 2003 than it is in 2023? And it doesn't have to be that specific season. Was the NFL football better 20 years ago than it is today? And I'm with the GOAT on this one. I do believe that football in the NFL was better 20 years ago. Why? Defenses could actually hit people. Now, I don't love that there are long-term effects of this. I'm I'm not wishing for that era to come back. But if you're asking me when defenses still mattered in a way that they do not matter today, that to me, you want to talk about the rise in wide receivers, the rise in quarterback, you know, throwing yards, all of this stuff. You can't have the chicken without the egg here. We're getting better offenses, but it's only because the defenses have been neutered. Well, it's ironic that this year, 2023, if you pull back and look at what are the storylines, there's a lot of defense in the mix this year. Miles Garrett leading the Browns to the playoffs. Uh, Micah Parsons being a real force in the NFL. So I, I don't think it's a down year for defense in any way. But even so, by definition, a more offensive game is a more entertaining game. That's the bottom line. You might, the old school sort of tough guy, football person might not like to admit that. But it's just more fun to watch people passing the football than running the football. Curtis Martin, to me, was the, is Nader the high point or the low point? Sure. The, the high point of boring football. I did, Curtis Martin going for 3.6 yards per carry, running on first down, running on second down, the old parcel style. Oh, so boring. I'm so glad that the game is so much more creative and entertaining right now. Even the bad teams are able to pass the ball for the most part, except for the Panthers. So <laughs> I just think that the, the football right now, there's so much more motion to it. It's very, very exciting. Okay, the nadir is the bottom. The oh, apex darn it. is the top. Okay, um, the, the apex of boring football or <laughs> the nadir of football, in a sense, was that run-heavy 90s, early, early 2000s football. Okay, I, I still think that just because something is faster doesn't mean it's necessarily better. I mean, what are the things that football fans love the most even more than like a high-scoring, high-flying affair? We love bad weather games. We love snow games. We love rain games. We like these kind of things where it doesn't make it so mm. obvious and easy. And you could have those back then. You can have them today. But I, that's what I, I poke holes in your argument here that just because you're throwing a lot of passes all of a sudden means that the product is better or that it necessarily is more entertaining Wait. because so many guys are out there just trying to get defensive pass interference. It's like they're barely trying to make a play on the ball. They're just using the strategy of how the game is officiated today to try to make their point. It's not because they're necessarily better than the Terrell Owens and the Randy Mosses and Marvin Harrison's back in the day. Wait, first of all, who likes rain games? Well, you know, they're fun to watch at home. No, On the comfort of your couch. Snow games are great. Nobody wants to see a rain-win game. Mud Bowl? 
I don't know. And snow games are much better when the offense goes off, too. When you actually have a snow game where something happens, it's the best. But rain games are not good. Anyway, uh, I, I kind of disagree. The receivers are actually way better today. If you look at stats-wise, they kill them, obviously. If you look at the most yards per game per career. That's because of the rules. Yeah. that Well, also, too, no, I think guys are coming in more talented. They're bigger, stronger, faster. They've been playing. They've been catching the ball since middle school. Back in the day... In the 80s and 90s, high school football was hand the ball off, hand the ball off, hand the ball off, T formation. Now it's a spread. Starting oh, in sixth it, grade, it is a much more developed sport. Wait a minute. Fine. DK Metcalf is basically like T.O. Like, you know, T.O. was bigger, stronger, faster. These guys still were making these huge impacts back then. And one thing I liked about 20 years ago, I felt like we had rivalries, you know, especially between the quarterbacks. Now, I guess you'd have Mahomes and Burrow, maybe Mahomes and Allen, but, you know, Give me Brady and Manning. Like, give me Roethlisberger. Give me a little Philip Rivers. Like, what? First they of all, had these good rivalries. What was this Roethlis- Roethlisberger Brady? I don't remember that being a huge thing. The, the AFC championships, the AFC playoff games between the Patriots and the Steelers. How many times did Big Ben and, and Brady play? Probably more than probably six or seven. Did they really? Okay, I, I mean, I, I'm thinking of Steelers, Patriots. Of course, there was the Bledsoe Cordell game. I, yeah, I'm sure they played, but I don't feel like Peyton and Brady were because they were one and two. I don't remember Ben and Brady being rivals. They were all there as great QBs. And Rivers obviously never could win. So for a rivalry, you need you need one side. I mean, both sides to be close. Always in the mix. Always in the mix. I like that when quarterbacks weren't taking up 25% of your salary cap. I like when running backs mattered. I liked when, you know, we were like bogged down by a rule book where no one knows what a catch is. I mean, there was something that was a bit simpler, and I'm not just being nostalgic here. Literally, it was simpler back in the early 2000s than it is today where you need like a, you know, to be Gene Sterator to figure out what the hell is going on in a football game. <laughs> That's a good line. Although, I actually, I'm not sure even Gene Sterator can explain <laughs> anything that's going on in today's football hour. games. Uh, I love you, Gene. Yeah, but all the funny thing, all that officiating controversy makes the sport more interesting and actually drives up ratings because it's fun to talk about. It just is. Listen, if we want to talk about the popularity of the sport, I think there's a lot of things that play into that. I think that fantasy football and gambling plays into that because think about it. You may still watch a game, even a blowout. Because you're looking to see whether or not a running back or a wide receiver or quarterback on your fantasy team is going to get you points. I stuck around to the end of that Steelers-Colts game when I had no reason to because I was waiting to see whether the game hit the over. Like, there's a lot of reasons why the ratings are much higher, and I think the other professional sports, quite frankly, have not done a great job in keeping up with the NFL. I got news for you. Uh, People were actually betting on football games in 2003. Not in the palm of their hand, they weren't. Yeah, but ratings, first of all, since legalized gambling, that hasn't driven the ratings explosion. The ratings explosion started before, what was 2021, where it really started getting widespread. NFL has been a rocket ship ratings-wise. Basically, last year I saw 85 out of the top 100 live events of any any sport, any event, were NFL games. They're killing every other sport. All the other live sports are going down, and NFL over the last 10 years has gone up, 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 up. And I think part of the reason is more offense, because people want offense. Eight, why five, would they? 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So there you go. That's our great debate for this Wednesday. Do you agree with me and Tom Brady that football was better 20 years ago, or do you agree with Perloff and EJ? Which side of this are you on?
Oh, I think football was way better 20 years ago. And I think this notion, number one, that receivers are better now than 20 years ago is actually insane to me. What, Jamar Chase just entered the league? There's so many great receivers. I would take Terrell Owens, Marvin Harrison, and Randy Moss over any receiver that's playing today. Any of them. Marvin Harrison. Yeah, Marvin Harrison. You think you know, Marvin Harrison like twenty touchdowns in a season? Yeah, because Peyton Manning was throwing the football. Is it? Do you think it's funny that Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison are both Hall of Fame level receivers, and they just happen to have the greatest Wait quarterback? Minute, you keep saying that quarterback play is so much better now, but you're but giving, you guys are talking about the top, all the top credit. End. Wait, hold on. You're giving all the credit to great quarterback play, and now you're saying, well, the receivers are great. I'm like, well, what about these great quarterbacks? You just told me the quarterbacks are so awesome. So don't the receivers have easier balls to catch? I mean. Okay, I understand what you're saying, but it is a glory time for receivers. Every year, five incredible athletes can do things that are insane. Okay, so athletes, athletes, and you guys have to keep bringing up T.O. and Randy Brandon Lloyd was a a middle-of-the-road receiver. He made some of the best catches we've ever seen, and that was 20 years ago. So, listen, are the athletes going to keep getting better and better? Of course they are, because of nutrition, because of training habits. Hell, Aaron Rodgers almost came back from an Achilles in three months. Like, of course we are getting better where the athletes are going to you know, evolve just like sports medicine evolves. But the reason I think why they might be looking a lot, the receivers have better numbers and might look better is because the rules are different. You can't touch guys off the line of scrimmage. Mm. You can't touch them going down the field or you're going to get a 40-yard penalty. And guys like, uh, guys, reporters and journalists like Peter King have been railing against defensive pass interference being a spot of the ball foul for years because it's such an advantage for the offense. Yeah, I, I think it actually is a real uh, uptime for receivers. I'm looking at the top receivers this year. Tyreek Hill, unique all-time talent. A.J. Brown, I think, is an incredible talent. CeeDee Lamb, incredible talent. Uh, Jamar Chase, incredible. Mike Evans, uh, I go down the list. Devontae Adams, even like the young guys are coming in so fast and so strong, and they all have such great hands. Okay. I think okay, receivers and I can give you are Chad, so good. I can give you Chad Johnson. I can give you Steve Smith. You could, you could go six I, deep in 2003. I could go 20 deep now. I think There were better. 14 guys that caught for 1,000 yards in 2003. 14 in, in the league that you, you keep describing was the Stone Age. <laughs> right. Well, like they like, we're running the wing tee. caught for almost 1,700 right. yards. Yeah, so we're at 17 1,000-yard receivers through week 14 now. I mean, listen, if you want to – I'll tell you, if you want to argue stats-wise, stats-wise, there's no doubt. Well, the record books – but I think the stats don't mean as much. Like, we're talking – Exactly. We, Perloff and I argued about this after the Rams won the Super Bowl about whether Matthew Stafford is a Hall of Famer. And it's like, well, look at the numbers. I'm like, look at the numbers. What? I mean, of course he's going to have great numbers because of the era he's playing in and nothing more. And the other thing, too, about this debate is what I don't like about watching football today is it's a problem in not just the NFL, but it's in the NBA and it's in Major League Baseball. It is too much of a copycat league. Every team Hmm. plays the same. Every defense, for the most part, you're playing cover three, cover four. You're letting people throw underneath, which is why these quarterbacks are racking yards and not scoring touchdowns. That's a, that's a two-year trend, EJ. That is op- not like a, a long trend. No, it's three. We're talking about football today, right? That's what I'm we're just talking saying. About. They just someone finally figured out that you got to lay off everybody okay, so that's against not, but that's not a defense. But that's not like a long trend. I bet your offenses will adjust to that in a way. And too. then the offenses, it's the same thing. It's you're either running a Shanahan system or you're running some kind of spread RPO system. There is no, there is no contrast. Like what I loved about watching football back in the day was that. What would Peyton Manning do if he had to go to Baltimore and win a tough game? What would the greatest show on turf do when they had to play against the Philadelphia Eagles on the road? Like, those were compelling matchups. And, yes, sometimes they were slugfests, but that's what made it great. I don't want to see Contrast Patrick, styles. There's yeah, not that many anymore. I don't, want to, I don't care about Patrick Mahomes racking up 400 yards and scoring 20 points. Like, who cares? Gosh, I'm looking at recent NFL drafts. The fact that 
a guy like T. Higgins could be a second rounder in today's NFL, just says to me, oh my God, there's so much talent at that position. That guy's ridiculously good, and he was a second rounder. Okay, what was Randy Chad Moss? Johnson was you like guys, a third rounder. You guys got to stop talking like about Calvin rounder. Johnson. You're talking about <laughs> Calvin Hall of Johnson. I'm going 20 deep. You're going three deep. Yeah, T.O. And, and Randy Moss were awesome. I'm well aware. <laughs> who do you think, who do you think <laughs> was the 13th? Who, who do you think was the 13th? Who do you think was 13th in receiving yards in 2003? Uh, I have no idea. Terrell Owens. Who do you think is this year? Devontae Adams. Right. Okay. But Devontae is like a Hall of Fame. Right. Devontae, a Hall of Fame Devontae, track. Yeah, so Devontae Adams is probably a top three receiver. Like, yeah, no, I know. I don't understand. So your point that T.O. is what no, you're, you're saying. You're saying, you're saying I'm, going, you're saying I'm going three now. deep. Yeah. And, and, you're saying, and I'm saying it's not as far off as you think. And you're saying, okay, the 13th guy right now is an elite guy. Guess I'm, what? The 13th guy back then was maybe the best. Oh, uh, and who are the who are the guys ahead of him? They're all Hall of Tory Holt, Randy Moss, Anquan Bolden, Chad Johnson, Derek Mason, Marvin Harrison, Lavernius Coles, Keenan McCarter, Heinz Ward, Daryl Jackson, Steve Smith, Santana Moss, and Terrell Owens. Santana Moss, Daryl Jackson. I mean, these Santana guys. Santana Moss was. <laughs> oh, an explosive... I knew you were going to say Santana Moss was good. Oh God, are you kidding me? Wait, hold on. <laughs> Santana Moss. Eight five five two one two four CBS. We've got Chris. He's in Oak Creek. Good morning, Chris. How are you? Good morning. First time caller here. Appreciate you. What do you have on this great debate of was football better 20 years ago or better today? I like in, I, you know, the NFL product today to what's, what happened to the NBA when it kind of transitioned into this during COVID when you would see the three-point, uh, you know, shooters taking more three-point three shots and, and kind of like throwing themselves onto the defender and getting these cheap fouls to mm. go to the free-throw line. And you saw how some stats became padded. And and now you know I don't even watch the NBA because of this. Yesterday, last night I went to the Bucks game. Um, the Spurs, I think they went like seven for thirty-seven from three-point range, and Girl. the Bucks were like nineteen from of uh, forty-two. And and you know the NBA product was so much better before because you had specialists, uh, you know, for three-pointers and and the big man down uh, down at the post. Um, the NFL, you know, it's just become a, a, a pass-heavy league right now. Right. And what you said, I you hit it on the nail. Like, it's just an automatic flag for anyone playing actual defense against a wide receiver. Right. Like, it's like... Unless you're the corners, Eagles on like Monday corners night. Corners and safeties <laughs> have no shot. No well, shot. I'll tell you one thing, though. Cornerbacks are lazier than ever. They grab like it's going out. Of, I name show me one pass. Below the there is hand fighting, but cornerbacks have gotten so grabby in today's NFL because the the defense philosophy is seriously. Well, I'm going to try and get away with as much as I can. Uh, That's Chris. Thank you so much. And for it the works. Phone call. Seattle is like I'm going to. We're going to hold on every play. They can't call it every time. That's uh, sort of a modern defensive trend. Well, I think you're probably just trying to level the playing field as much as you can, right? I like, mean, but if, watch Joey Porter in coverage, and I love Joey Porter Jr., yeah. but show me one play where he's not put both hands on the receiver. It but doesn't you, happen anymore But at you all. cannot compare that to what Ty Law was doing to Marvin Harrison in the snow in 2003. Like, And that's the thing, too, I think that bothers me is that like there's a notion these guys are so better. Yeah, because the game is easier. It's easier to be a wide receiver today than it ever has been. There's RPO plays where essentially gaming the system. The defense thinks it's a run play, and oh, it's a pass. Here's 10 yards. Easy. You didn't have that in 2004. You didn't have the opportunity where if you go over the middle, you're going to get your head taken off. So you so you don't think Jamar Chase would have been good in 2004? He would have been awesome. I'm a, I believe anybody who was great in their era would always be great in any era. But I think this notion that the receivers today are better when I don't they're, think you, I think can, oh, you can be are, there faster. 
they're faster and they have better hands because of the way the game is too. You don't need the big guys anymore. You just said Santana Moss was a tomato can, and you're trying to tell me he he wasn't he wouldn't be one of the fastest guys be, in the NFL today. He'd be a lot better in today's game than he was. Trust me, Santana right. Moss disappointed fan bases for many years. Let's go you to. You can't be serious with this. Marquise is in Winnipeg, Canada. Hey, Marquise, how are you? Hello, how are you? Fantastic. What's on your mind, pal? Yeah, uh, I was going to go back to nicknames because I've been probably older than you people. The late 60s, the L.A. Rams had a defensive line. They were called the Fearsome Foursome. Yeah, we, we were saying that they used to have great nicknames back in the day. We were where, wondering where did all the good nicknames go. And back and also the Denver Broncos in the 70s, the Orange Crush. Yep, of course. So I'm just letting you know, and uh, my first-time caller, and Chase, you're wondering, 500 miles north of Minneapolis. Thank you, Marquise, for checking in. I've never been to Winnipeg, and I won't be going in December. <laughs> yeah, but maybe sometime in July or August. Our buddy Nate Thompson, former NHL player, just did a stint in Winnipeg. He told me you don't have to visit there. Well, maybe in the summer. Nate is also the only person on the history of the show that came on and then removed a tooth. Yeah. <laughs> what a rock star that guy is. I miss that dude. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. We're not conducive now for the hockey lifestyle <laughs> this early in the morning. How cold guests. do you think it is today right now in Winnipeg? <sighs> 10 degrees. High, well, are we doing the high and the Celsius low? Yeah, what's the, what do you think is the high today? We're doing this in Fahrenheit, right? Well, no. Let's let, no, yes, do Fahrenheit. Let's do what the weather is currently at 9 a.m. 10 degrees. I think it's uh, I think it's a balmy 12 degrees. It's actually balmier, 17 degrees. Oh, bring a light jacket. Yeah. Where's the beach? What's the low? The low today. This actually is the low. Oh, okay. What's the high today? 29. Fantastic. It's not a terrible week. I mean, the, the, <laughs> the warmest it's going to get is on Saturday at 33 degrees. Whoa, outdoor seating. Yeah, there you go. But, yeah. Bring the sunscreen. Next Wednesday, 25 degrees. Ah, not looking good. <laughs> Wait, is, what is is that New Year's? When's New Year's Eve? Two weeks, right? We still have some time for that. Yeah, Wednesday. What is that? It's like the 27th, I think. Man, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Uh, okay, we have the great debate. You are still welcome to weigh in. Was the NFL better 20 years ago than it is today? You can also vote on our poll at Maggie and Pearl on Twitter. should mention anyone who's watching in the chats, youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. There is still time for you. You hit subscribe. We donate to charity on your behalf. It's so simple. Hit subscribe. We donate $1 for every new subscriber to the Boys and Girls Club. One for one. Perloff, myself, our boss, Spike Eskin, generously contributing as well. So that's all you have to do. Hit subscribe. You've done a good deed. We donate to the Boys and Girls Club, earmarked for youth sports programs. Coming up, we are counting down the top five greatest moments of the Maggie and Perloff show from the year 2023. Up next, number three. Stay tuned. Things getting heated here on the Maggie and Perloff show. Our wide, it started out, is football better in 2023 than it was in 2003? Now it's our wide receivers better. A lot, <laughs> yes. a lot of people want to seem to weigh in. I mean, to me, it's not a debate. These guys that were coming in now are so good. So good. You see that catch Drake London made the other day and he's not even good? <laughs> well, he was really good. He just needs a better 
well, everything in Atlanta. <laughs> but I'm with Tom Brady on this one. I think football was better 20 years ago. Perloff thinks it is better today. It's the subject of our great debate uh, for this Wednesday. We do this each and every Wednesday. We know we've got some new people listening to the show. This is something we like to do around here on Wednesdays. Gary is in Youngstown. He wants to weigh in. Hi, Gary. How are you? Good, Meg. How you doing? Love the show. Oh, thanks. And I want to talk about the old-time receivers. You guys don't mention Fred Blitnikoff. So back in the day, you know, people didn't want to watch him. Do you know why they didn't want to cover him? Why? He he had so much stickum on yeah. him yeah. that the guys that were defending against didn't want to get it on him to make them catches that he made. Nowadays, they have these gloves that are unbelievably sti- uh, not sticky, but they really grip the ball. You didn't have circus catches back in the day. You got circus catches today because of the gloves. All your great receivers are wearing these gloves nowadays. Compared to back in the day, it was all barehanded yeah. stuff, if well, you guys remember that or not. Yeah, Gary, I mean, you know who agrees with you more than anyone? Jerry Rice has said he huh. thinks that guys today, yeah. and Gary, thank you for the for the call. Jerry yeah. Rice says that if they, if they had the kind of gloves they have today oh, when yeah. he was playing, it would have been, there'd be even more separation between him and everyone else. I will give you, gloves are... 80% of it. It's crazy. I mean, obviously, what is the most game-changing, iconic play of the last 10 years? Odell Beckham reaching up with one hand, catching it with that glove. Now that's the only way that a young receiver will catch a ball. And we're seeing, it's ridiculous what guys could do now, and gloves help. Did you uh, guys however, see uh, Dalton Kincaid, when, he, when yep. he couldn't have the normal gloves he had, look like he couldn't catch? Well, he had the rain gloves on Which, when it wasn't raining. Yeah, and, and then it, he, he couldn't catch the ball. I know, and I was like, man, get it together. But anyway. Uh, but here's the thing, the circus catches, this is where I, I, I would disagree a bit with Gary. I mean, one of the great circus catches of all time is Franco Harris. That was in the 70s. Come on. Uh, yeah, you guys keep beautiful. picking. That, first of all, that was a little different. Guys are making catches. Even the guy who's struggling this year, George Pickens, makes catches that guys didn't even dream of in the 70s. The, uh, great, the greatest jump ball guy ever is Randy Moss. He played in 1998. Like okay. Made, the, the idea that circus catches weren't happening until... 2020 is just. I mean, getting mossed is a thing like yes. still in this lexicon today I, exactly. because of Randy. I am well aware, but one thing you have to realize there was there was one Randy Moss. There weren't two Randy Mosses. You keep going Randy Moss. Yes, Randy Moss was amazing. Now I'm talking 37 guys are doing incredible things. None of them are as good as Randy Moss or Calvin Johnson. But don't tell me football was great in 2003. Randy Moss couldn't play for everybody. He was one guy. You're taking the top top end. You're telling and me Tory Holt like wasn't making circus catches in 2003. Tory Holt system guy. Perloff, that's always what you think. Uh, Noah is in Tucson. Hey, Noah, how are you? Noah. Hey, I just want to say yes. um, that um, it's not just skinny receivers th- these days. We got big dudes like A.J. Brown and Metcalf and Debo and Travis Kelsey's just a fat receiver. He doesn't walk. <laughs> but, Careful, Taylor's going to come after you. <laughs> But <laughs> yes, but I'm gonna. The reason, yes, yeah, football kind of is. It was better back in the days when they actually ran the ball and actually threw it down the field, hoping to draw a flag. That's why the Niners are good because we actually run the ball and don't just chuck it. Well, and, Noah, you guys do a little bit of everything. I think that the 49ers right now would exist in every era. I mean, it'd be like it would people would be blown away by, you know, Kyle Shanahan, how he uses weapons. It does feel like they have a lot of Hall of Famers going. Yeah. But there is an interesting point, and there aren't a lot of DK, but DK, DK and A.J. Brown playing against each other on Monday night, I'm like, 
But those are two healthy dudes. Oh. They're not, they not built like Andrew Perloff. There are some gigantic <laughs> receivers. Uh, Sam's in Erie. Hey, Sam, good morning. Hey, how are you guys? Fantastic. What do you think? Football, NFL better today or 20 years ago? I think 20 years ago. I mean, just look at the quarterback play alone. You can't even breathe on the guys nowadays, and there's so many quarterbacks. Probably half the league, maybe more than half the league, that wouldn't even be on a roster 20 years ago. Oh, they wouldn't be able to beat out J.P. Loeschman or whoever. There were scrubs I mean, all Kenny over Pickett. the NFL 20 years ago. I, don't, I, I disagree. I mean, you couldn't even look at even even go back a little bit further. Like, you take Dan Marino today or Troy Aitman, Steve Young. Those guys were getting multiple concussions per game and still putting up Hall of Fame numbers today. That's great, but what about world. the other 30 quarterbacks? I mean, Jake Delhomme was in the Super Bowl 30 years ago. Is he some superstar? There? You guys keep saying, yeah, but we had Randy Moss and Tom Brady. Well, yes, there was a bunch of other so, dudes as well. You're telling me, Perloff, you're telling me Aiden O'Connell, Kenny Pickett, uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson are, play, are all going to find these ways all, under rosters? These are all listen. mostly injury cases. <laughs> Wait, Sam. <laughs> uh, good, good point. Listen, I think here's the thing, and I think we would all agree on this, which is the top of the top, the elite guys. Patrick Mahomes is playing 20 years ago, and he can play now. Josh Allen could play 20 years ago. He could play now. Dan Marino could play. Jesus, that was that 40 years ago? 40 years ago. Uh-oh. Yeah. And he could play now. The great yes. guys can play in any era. And I think we should also agree about this. The bad guys probably couldn't play in any era. The bottom of the dregs, right? Like the guys who are just don't deserve yeah. to be in the league. Those are, mm. you know, are just hanging on. Those guys weren't great 20 years ago, and they're not great today. You're always going to have the top and the bottom. We're talking about is the middle class, maybe was it better 20 years ago yeah. than it is today. Well, I mean, it was 20 years ago. It was not a quarterback league. You look at the teams who are winning the Super Bowl. It was Trent Dilfer in Baltimore. It was Tom Brady before they let him pass the ball. And then it was Brad Johnson beating Rich Gannon in the Super Bowl. Jake Delhomme. It was not, it was not a glory time. It, you didn't win that way back then. Well, and I think that's part of it is there was other ways to win. Yeah. And nowadays, and EJ made a good point, copycat league, all that stuff. And the quarterback is just everything now. And, I kind of like 20 years ago, you could have a little bit of contrast in styles. The fact that Trent Dilfer could win a quarterback and he's like a trivia question at this point, yeah. I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I, I'd rather have the superstars. I'd rather see Lamar Jackson play Dak Prescott in the Super Bowl than Brad Johnson versus Rich Gannon. Well, I mean, they had great years. Because there could be other stars back then. Like, you didn't have to be the quarterback on the top of the bill. I know now we have other guys, Christian McCaffrey, yeah, it's, Miles it's, Garrett, stuff like that. But No, the because of the rules, the balance has shifted. It's a quarterback league, and you need the quarterbacks, which is why I am with EJ. This year has been disappointing because of all the injuries. I'm not... There are a lot of, but anyway, generally, quarterbacks are better, receivers are better, the sport is better. Andrew Bogish has headlines. Hello. Good morning again, guys. Hopefully this is the beginning of only good things from Ja Morant. His 25-game gun suspension over. He scored 34 points in his season debut last night. The last two coming at the buzzer in New Orleans for a 115-113 win over the Pelicans.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Felt like it was the perfect, you know, ending, um, perfect day, um, you know, being able to come back and play um, and also deliver, you know, a game winner for us to win the game. The 34 points are the most anyone has scored returning from an absence of 25 games or more. Steph Curry. That's a wow. That's a, yeah. That's a huge accomplishment. And that's anything. Suspension. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever. He's Injury. Jordan missed part of a season. Yep. That, that's a Long, long He's, record. He did seem like the cardio was, like, fine. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, listen, I, I'm i not necessarily a huge, huge John Morant style of fan, but I got to be honest, I was blown away last night. I know. <laughs> also, Perloff, you called it on social oh, media. Yeah. Well, I knew one thing, like, the Pelicans had no defensive strategy for John Morant. He was, they kept on covering one-on-one. Nobody can cover that dude one-on-one. But come playoff time, just create a wall and make him hit a three-pointer. Even the John Moran fans here, you will admit he is not a great outside shooter. No, he was 0 for 5 last night from 3. Maybe that's where he didn't have his legs under him. Yeah. He'll but get, go to the hoop, he was great. Steph Curry hit the dagger 3, scored 33 total. The Warriors fought off the Celtics 132-126 in overtime. Kevin Durant had 40, but the Suns lost in Portland 109-104. Damian Lillard scored 40, passing the 20,000-point milestone. His Bucks down the Spurs 132-119. Giannis chipping in 11 points, 14 rebounds, and 16 assists. The nation's number one QB recruit, officially a Cornhusker. It is National Signing Day in college football, and Dylan Raiola is now going to Nebraska after backing out of his verbal to Georgia. Texans QB C.J. Stroud now expected to miss a second straight game because of his concussion. Florida State defensive end Jared Verse a top 15 prospect declares for the NFL draft. Yoshinobu Yamamoto is the biggest name on baseball's free agent market right now. The mid-20s ace from Japan is wanted coast-to-coast, but may end up picking between the Yankees and the Mets, which would be a rarity. They very rarely, if ever, have gotten into a straight bidding war on the same free agent. Both teams have had two face-to-face meetings with Yamamoto who's expected to get the richest deal ever for someone coming over from Japan, maybe topping $300 million for a guy who have never have thrown a pitch okay. in the big leagues. Perloff and I had a debate about this, or side, not a debate, but we're curious about this. So they're whining and dining, this dude, yes. right? Yamamoto. Mets went to Japan and like basically knocked on his front door to meet him. Right, and then he came to the United States, and Steve Cohen is like the richest owner in baseball, and they had him over to his house. And Perloff and I had a debate. Do you serve sushi? Yeah. I think you do not because it'd be so obvious. It's like, all right, it's almost like a caricature, right? You think it'd be a sign of respect. Well, I was wondering, first of all, you have to have very good sushi to impress him if he's coming from Japan because I assume even bad sushi in Japan is better than anything you get in America. Yeah, right. But I think it shows I'm really interested in accommodating you maybe. In your culture. And everyone loves sushi. I think maybe you don't do sushi. You do some other Japanese dish that is Kobe not, beef or something. You know, commercialized. Kobe beef, or is that commercialized? Well, what if too? you flew in like the top sushi chef from Japan? 
Yeah, I, I don't think that does it either. No? He's 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 probably eating from the top sushi yeah, chef. Right, right. He's like a, the three-time Cy Young winner so, equivalent in Japan. What do you do? A barbecue? Ha- cheeseburger? Yeah. Be like, <laughs> well, I do wonder, like, you know, Asian Spaghetti? culture is so deep in, like, tradition and customs. I wonder what you're supposed to mm. do when you're hosting somebody. Like, are you supposed to show them your culture? Right. Like, so are, are you going to serve, like... What? Steak and potatoes and American pie to this guy. I don't, I don't know. I was gonna say, what's the uh, what's the dish in Connecticut? <laughs> yes. By the way, I would dollars just pick up the little <laughs> even pizza. Yeah, clam pizza. Ah, he'd go running. If I could have one sports favor, yeah, from God, I just <laughs> I if the Phillies swoop in and steal Yamamoto from the Mets, I will come in and laughing so hard on Monday morning. Well, especially if it was the cheesesteaks that did it. No, like, but oh. don't worry though. When Yamamoto gives up six yeah. in a game seven of an NLCS, Perloff will say, "Well, it doesn't matter." Yeah. Well, but so you know, the Bryce Harper FaceTime this week, and the yes. Phillies said yesterday they're willing to pay anything the Mets will pay for him. I'm just saying. Wait, that Bryce was... Harper FaceTime Yamamoto. Yes. yes. Oh, that makes but the, me nervous. But the Phillies didn't get a second meeting. He oh, requested to hang out with the Mets and Yankees. I love my, Bryce Harper just spending someone else's money. Just being yeah. like, hey, don't worry. We got it. <laughs> I'm sure the Phillies owner is like, uh, no, we don't, sir. The Phillies have a little bit of San Diego Padres in them. That, like Somehow they get their names. They're like, why do the Phillies have as much money as Steve Cohen and the Mets? <laughs> because when Dave Dombrowski is your general manager, it's the only way you can build a team. That's, That's a deep cut. You can spend. Um, yeah. I, uh, they're like analytics. Um, all right. What do you think they served? Well, can we find? I mean, we need to leak. get our, we need to get our journalist hats on and figure this out. Maybe I should. I shoot a couple texts. Yeah, did we know some people around the Mets? And I might be. I might be able to. I might know someone who may have been there. So at Steve Cohen's house. Yeah. Really? So Steve Cohen had a bunch of people over for this dinner. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, the manager and the pitching coach were there apparently. Well, that at the very least, and his wife, of course. The pitching coach's wife? No, no, <laughs> Cohen's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah she like, lives there. I'm sure she's there. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. She's out of town. But she was in the meeting, so yes. it's different. She's very much involved. Um, but see, I think the Yankees, <laughs> like, they could, all you got to do, like, what, do you bring in, like, uh, you know, Tanaka? What if Tanaka's like, here's the seal of approval with the Yankees? Matsui? Matsui would be another one. Right. And the Medaki Arabu? But, but, like, pitcher to pitcher, maybe not Arabu. Yeah. And all of this has the Dodgers looming, too, because apparently they still could pay him, oh. even though they've already paid for Otani. Oh. And... Actually, I'd enjoy that more than the Phillies. For the Dodgers to steal him for both the Mets and the Yankees would be so awesome. I want a federal investigation if the Dodgers <laughs> sign him. But we don't need one because they've been open and honest yeah. about deferring $680 million. Right. The Dodgers are not the evil empire because they're so blatant about trying to buy this thing right now. That and apparently it was Shohei's idea. Yeah. Uh, let's switch to college hoops. Men's top 25 action. Memphis steamrolled Virginia in a meeting of ranked teams, 77-54. And Cal State Northridge got a 76-72 win at UCLA. The Matadors hadn't beaten a Pac-12 team in 11 years, so do it now while you can. UCLA had won 29 straight home games. The Cal State Northridge team is called the Matadors. The Matadors. I did not know that. I Me neither. Fullerton's the Anteaters, right? Is there an anteater out there? Yeah, but is that what they are? No, they're the Titans because they're good at baseball. The okay. anteaters are some, somebody else in right. Cal. Keep going. I'll look at it. Okay. slugs. Uh, I'll mention this again. <laughs> Josh UC Mc- Irvine. Yeah, they're the anteaters. Okay. Uh, Josh McCown and Chad Pennington's kids played quarterback in last night's Scooter's Coffee Frisco Bowl. Owen McCown and UTSA beat Cole Pennington and Marshall 35-17. 
And now I'm done. Okay, Andrew Bogus, stick around because right now we are counting down the top five moments of the Maggie and Perloff show of 2023. Number five was... Yeah, the uh, you had the uh, Carson Wentz poster. Yes, number five, thank you, was destroying the Carson Wentz poster. <laughs> I'm sorry. Number four... Thanks, new guy. ...was me eating a jar of jelly. Uh, had to be there. Yep. And here is number three. This reminds me so much of a certain day in Minnesota when the Philadelphia Eagles were going against a red-hot Tom Brady. And Nick Foles came over the sideline and he said, let's run the Philly special. That is the energy I'm bringing to this peanut butter challenge. All together now. Three, Three, two, two, one. one. It begins. (laughs) All right. It's been unsealed per love. Oh, my gosh. I'm having a total anxiety attack. The clock is running, man. All right. The first spoonful has been consumed. Again, we are. I already tell you I should have gone chunky. This is going to be (laughs) very, very hard. Can I see the jar now? Well, honestly, if you wanted to go for, like, speed. What is the all-time record? By the way, Mike. The all-time record. No one's ever done this before. I'm feeling some discomfort in my in sort of the upper region of my okay yeah talk us through it walk us through yeah um so my stomach feels okay the rest of me i I don't know there's something going wrong (laughs) (laughs) you can breathe right i can breathe okay i'm sorry guys i thought i could do the second 40 seconds i flew way too close to the sun (laughs) you now i'm about to throw up all over the sun (laughs) are you all right perloff if you're not watching is has his face on the desk With his head in his arms, we can't see his face. I'm worried now. Something feels wrong. Yeah. Something looks wrong. I don't feel well. I'm glad I got through the first jar. That second jar was the biggest mistake of my entire life. Yeah. I was doing so good. It took years off your life. Thank you, Ack, for correcting his grammar. Ack. He kicked dirt in his face with the correcting his grammar. Ack, honestly, I can choose which way to throw up. I'm definitely going in your direction, so stop, stop talking to him. Wow. I think I was poisoned. I think I had peanut butter poisoning. You definitely did. Did you have some of that when you ate the jelly? I think they're, uh, overeating a certain food creates some sort of toxins because it felt like uh, I... I, did, I can't remember if I threw up, but I should have. Uh, <laughs> you should have thrown up on Ack. There, yeah, definitely. There, there was. So this is reverse order. Perloff ate the peanut butter before I ate the jelly. You'll see the theme. We'll have EJ eat a loaf of bread at some point. But great. <laughs> Perloff ate. What you did that day was so heroic. It, <laughs> it may not have come off that way yeah. uh, in the in the edit in the it live didn't. stream. <laughs> but Perloff <laughs> ate an entire sixteen ounce jar of peanut butter, and he had thirty minutes to do it. And he did it in like 12 minutes. Yeah. So he opened up a second jar yeah. and then went for the second jar of peanut butter. I was so sure I was going to down it. And you got like two thirds of the way through. Yeah. Then the poison hit my system. <laughs> and all of a sudden your gallbladder was yeah. like, yeah, I think no it, mas. I think it, my body couldn't process all that peanut butter. By the way, I did not eat peanut butter for six months. Yep. Fully back on the train, down about a half a bottle of Skippy last night. <laughs> really? Watching and, John Morant? Yeah, it was It was the cre- – exactly. That's exactly me sitting there on the TV. I was at a kid's event, got back at about 9.30, opened up. I'm like, didn't have dinner. Just opened up the Skippy jar and had a glass of milk and went to town. <laughs> did you have your blankie too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, pretty much. Yes, I did. I, I call it a throw. <laughs> a duvet. 
Wow. Okay, so that was number three. I'm going to be honest. That's an upset. I thought that could have been the number one moment for the Maggie and Perloff show of 2023 because the peanut butter begat the jelly. It was our big YouTube push for subscribers. <laughs> um, that So much was like centered. It was our to, to date our biggest YouTube audience. Well, it's funny. I actually thought Carson Wentz was going to be number one. So the fact that that was number five to me says, I don't even know what the top two are. Where It's a mystery to us. This is an EJ production. So thank you. Yeah, it's great that God has been here for two months. Is yeah. Telling you guys <laughs> how one, your year went. The day Maggie and Perloff hired EJ. <laughs> <laughs> In a landslide. Eight five five two one two four CBS Perloff has to go to jury duty. We have college football bowl updates to get to. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. Maggie and Perloff. Perloff has gone to jury duty with the never-ending grand jury duty that he is, uh, has to do. We've been asking you today, our great debate Wednesdays around here, was the NFL better 20 years ago than it is today? This is something that Tom Brady said. We go to the poll on Twitter at Maggie and Pearl. 74% of you agree with Tom Brady and me and EJ that the NFL was better 20 years ago than it is today. Now, I've made a lot of cases for why it was better 20 years ago. The one thing, now the Perloff's gone, the one thing that I'll say that he never brought up about why the NFL is better today than it was 20 years ago, the one thing that I'll give him, going for it on fourth down, it's like automatic now for most teams. Like the analytics of in that part of it, I think, have really helped. Now, not every coach does it. Not every coach applies it correctly. And it can still be infuriating. But 20 years ago, nobody was going for it on fourth down. It was very rare. Two-point conversions never happened. You know, there's a little... The strategy, I think, is a little bit better in this day and age than 20 years ago. Yeah, and it, I think it's creating also, like, momentum-shifting moments in games that we didn't have 20 years right. ago. It's why my answer kind of lives in the middle here. The game should be better now, but it's not because of so many other dumb things the NFL and owners and teams have instituted. The way too complicated rules, all that kind of stuff is completely hamstrung. What should be better? Better athletes, better preparation, better thinking. It should be better, but it's not. Let's get to our shot of the day. He shoots! And the show today is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos is brought to you by those who drink it. Today's shot of the day. So our debate about whether or not the NFL is better 20 years ago or better today led to us talking, obviously, a lot about defense because defenses could actually impact games more 20 years ago than they can today, which led us to nicknames for great defenses. We wondered, have there been any recently? You will never guess this. You don't think of great defenses? But do you guys go back in a time machine? Do 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 do. Two thousand eighteen. Blake Bortles at quarterback, and who's on the other side? Saxonville. <laughs> that was a thing. It was a thing. Perloff was yeah. so. And proud then it wasn't him. because it was Saxonville. <laughs> it was, was short lived. But it was. It was a that nice one play Tuesday. on words. It was a nice play on words. We got Yannick Ngakwe, Kalei Campbell, Malik Jackson. You want, to, you want to talk about sexually suggestive nicknames? I think Saxonville <laughs> takes oh, the cake, man. right? Wow. EJ, didn't see you coming in with that one. Um, <laughs> Perloff was so proud of that when he's like, ooh, ooh, I'm, I've got one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I heard him saying it 
to himself and laughing again about it, <laughs> walking to the bathroom yeah. after that sound. Like, uh, why didn't they Saxon- get it? Saxonville, that's great. Also love a good time machine. Do-do-do-do. Uh, we still have time for EJ to give us his one-minute college football bowl blitz. And it's funny here because we actually don't have a bowl game today. So there is no bowl game. So this is an Andy Perloff idea. He said I should do an anti-bowl thing, which is kind of sucks. I kind of want to <laughs> celebrate the bowls. But there are plenty of athletes who won't be playing in the bowl games this season because they're going off to the NFL. That includes Caleb Williams, Brandon Rice of USC, Drake May, Tez Walker of UNC, Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner LSU, Trey Benson, Johnny Wilson, Jared Verse, and Jaheim Bell FSU. Cam Kitchens, Jam, J- James Williams, Leonard Taylor of the U, Pinstripe Bowl, uh, Talua Tagliavoa, M- M- Music City Bowl, not playing, Braylon Allen, Aurelia Quest Bowl, not playing, also Notre Dame stars Joe Alt and Sam Hartman, not playing in their bowl game. So a lot of guys not playing, but it doesn't mean you should not watch because you may be seeing some of the stars of next season taking the field over the next few weeks. All right. If you say so. Why isn't Talia Tagovailoa playing? I not don't. To, I mean, that's just one name I'm pulling it out there. It is a little is, weird. Um, is he a first-round pick? Well, the kid from Western Kentucky the other day, I mean, he, he didn't play, and everybody was like, why? Listen, I get it if you're about to – if you're sitting on $20 million or whatever, first-round pick, $20 million guaranteed. But if I'm not, don't you want to play in the bowl game? I will game? say this, though. People sleep on these bowl games. The Joe Burrow come-out uh, come party came uh, happened – in the Fiesta Bowl against UCF. That was a massive performance in him. They had, he had a big game in that game. He didn't have a great season his first year at LSU. That really was a precursor to the Joe Burrow Heisman Trophy year and the career he started, had over in uh, Cincinnati. Thank you, EJ Stewart. Thank you to Ryan Botcher. Thank you to Andrew Bogish. Thank you to Andrew Kaplan. To the Weedos and the coffee drinkers in our chats. Thank you. Hit subscribe. We'll donate to Charity Seed of our... 